0: The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful. It has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to my okay. podcast. Episode 10. I think Tyla said in the beginning that if we make it to 10, it means that we're over the first hump, like getting there is a big success. So here we are, episode 10, and we're kicking off this episode probably with what we could call a series of birth stories about each one of the kids, and each kid is going to get their own episode.
1: Hey guys, it's Tyla. I just wanted to remind you to check out our website, growingwithgracepodcast.com, and to follow us on Instagram at growingwithgracepodcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and like us wherever you listen to your your podcast. Well, let's get into it. So we're starting this series with Grace, the first of the babies,
0: and it's kind of, Grace is a little bit more than just a regular pregnancy because Grace, I was 16 and pregnant. So Grace, I was still a baby or a child when I got pregnant with Grace, but we're going to talk about her birth story and maybe we'll do another series on our pregnancies or another episode, but primarily we're going to talk about her birth story.
1: Yeah. So were you, were you actually 15 when you found out that you were pregnant with her? So I was actually 16. I found out I was
0: pregnant with her in December, at the end of December, and I gave birth to her that following September. So I was when you were
1: 17 then when she when you gave birth
0: yeah I was 16 when I found out 17 when I gave birth so I was still okay it was definitely a unique experience um and terrifying and I think all pregnancies and births are terrifying in their own right but I think it was a little bit extra terrifying being a child and getting ready to bring another child into the world
1: yeah no doubt it's one thing that surprises me though is that you were aware of that at that age. Cause I feel like sometimes when we're teenagers, we sort of think we have it all figured out or we know everything. So you didn't, you didn't feel that way at all. Like you were, I think um, pregnancy
0: and the choice to carry through with a pregnancy is very unique and individual. But for myself, I felt as though I was responsible enough to be, you know, Doing the actions of making a baby, so if I was responsible enough to accept that, then I was responsible enough to accept the fact that there was consequences for those actions, and I knew that at that. And Nick's family is very religious, um, so when we had told them, my mother-in-law was like very serious, and she was like, you know, there's no, you know, that this is serious, and I was like, you're not kidding. I know it's serious. <laughs> Um, my mom had me young. Um, and I think your mom had you young too, Ty. I think you were born, your mom's younger than my mom, but my mom was like 18 when she had me. So I know that statistically they say like, if you have young parent, you know, you have high chances of having children young yourself. And, um, I'd like to break that stereotype with grace. Um, but I definitely felt as though, the maturity aspect of me accepting the fact that I had consequences to my actions and I could make the best of what the situation that I had in front of me, um, knowing that it was not going to be easy and it's still not, it's, you know, I think being a parent is one of the most rewarding and terrifying experiences of your entire life, but it's definitely just that, you know, it, it makes you into hopefully a better person. And, having to be responsible for another ch- person is, you know, one of the greatest gifts we could get, ever have.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, when you leave the hospital, you're kind of like, wait, um, are you sure I can, I can right. just go. I don't yeah. need to do any tests or anything. Yeah. That was,
0: I know you feel like, like you, like you get you to get, to drive a car, you have to pass, you have to go through classes and then you have to pass <laughs> a test and then you have to like, actually go there and like drive the car. There's no like, pre-driving the baby. You just have the baby and they're like, Hey, see you later. And you're like, wait, are you, am I qualified for this? (laughs) Yeah. Like, am I qualified
1: for this? Like what happens if it cries? They're like, that's your problem now. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, would you say you had like a, an easy pregnancy? Was it hard? Was there anything, was there anything that stood out during your pregnancy? We're not going to talk too much about pregnancy in this episode. We might save that for another future episode, but I just wanted to, before we go into bam, here's a baby. I just wanted to ask you that question.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure if you remember this. So I found out I was pregnant at the end of December. Um, and we went, um, and by by the end, so I found out I was pregnant, like literally the last day of December. And then by the end of January, I had gotten morning sickness so bad that I lost almost 25 pounds. And at the time I want to say I was, I was like 125 pounds. So I ended up having to be admitted to the hospital for IV fluids. And I remember that, um, nutrition. I had to literally be, they tried to call an ambulance and I freaked out and I was like, no, I can get into a car, but I could barely walk. I literally looked like, I know it's tacky, but I looked like Bella Cullen. (laughs) Like uh, when she was pregnant with her baby, like I was literally skin and bones. So I was 98 pounds and I'm like five, six, I'm a five, six height. Like I'm, I I would say like an average build, you know, not super athletic, but not super skinny, but to lose 25 pounds on a 125 pound frame, that's five, six. I looked all skin and bones. It was kind of scary. You were, you had to have been
1: really early on in your pregnancy, only a few weeks at that point.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And by, by the end, I want to say by the end of February, I was, I still had, you know, some morning sickness and some cravings, but it wasn't like that first month or so. I just couldn't keep anything down. And the nausea just really, it really got me bad. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the only real tough part. But other than that, I mean, up until all, I mean, all of it, I would say I had pretty pretty good experience for with grace anyway.
1: That's good. Yeah. So, when it came time to actually have grace, did you go into labor naturally or were you induced? So, I had thought I was in labor and I didn't want to be one of those
0: moms that like showed up three times and was like, <laughs> "You're not in labor, go back home." <laughs> So um, towards the end of it, I was doing non-stress tests because I had gone over my due date by like a week or something. So I was doing like every other day or something. I can't even remember exactly what it was. Cause it's almost 11 in September. It'll be 11 years. It's crazy. But I know, I know. And uh, the night before I had felt like I was having contractions and I was in labor, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and sleep. I'll sleep with this and we'll go in the morning. And come five. And I had told like Marie, cause Maria, my mother-in-law and my mom were going to be in the room. And I had let both of them know, I was like, I think I'm in contractions, but I'm going to try and sleep it out. And then we'll go in the morning, you know, we'll go see in the morning. And I, I did. And I went and I went in that, that morning, we all woke up at like, cause I couldn't sleep because I was having contractions. And by the time that I got there, I was like, I think five centimeters or so. And what you time know, was they that gave- at? Uh, like six or so, I, I, like six in the morning. So six thirty-seven maybe. Mm-hmm. And this was on Memorial day. No, was it
1: Memorial day weekend? No labor day, oh, labor weekend.
0: day. Sorry. Sorry. Late. Yes. Labor day weekend. So it was like, a, it was a Friday night. The, fair, the Woodstock fair had just started. Yep. And, and I was like, Oh gosh. So we got there and they were like, yeah, you're definitely in active labor. Um, and they give you medicine. Um, if you're going to get an epidural, they give you medicine, um, to kind of like, I don't even know if it's what had happened is it slowed down my contractions. So uh, I got there at 7am and then whatever the medicine that they gave me, it hit me so fast that it literally kind of like stalled out the labor. So, um, at around two or three, they came in to check me and they were like, okay, well, we're going to push some other kind of med. I fer- meds. I forget what they were called. Um, if you said it, maybe I would know Pitocin? But It. Pitocin. Yeah. And the Pitocin start- started to kickstart the contractions again, but they actually had to come in around, I don't know, maybe six o'clock and they broke my water because at that point they're like, okay, you've been in labor for, but I wasn't really feeling it. Cause I had an epidural mm-hmm. it, it literally wasn't like, I wasn't in pain. Really. I, I was uncomfortable, especially like the night before when I was in the contract, like when I was having contractions and I couldn't sleep, but I would say I wasn't in like any severe pain, not like with what I had with Jack and they had broke my water at six. And I think grace was delivered by eight. I want to say
1: that's not bad. So, I mean, you were, you were in labor for a little while. So you said that all that night before you basically were having contractions And you got Mm -hmm. to the hospital around six and around like two or three, they started pushing Pitocin. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's
1: a, that's a decent amount of time to labor for sure.
0: Did you? Yeah. Well, and I think once they give you, like, once they give you the meds to help with the pain, your body kind of like shuts, like it shuts off almost like it mm-hmm. stops doing what it's supposed to be doing. Cause the pain, cause it's, well, my body did with grace anyway. Like that's what happened. Like, and I don't want to say it shuts off the all the pain, but with grace, and I don't know if it was because I was only 16. So my body was really resilient, mm-hmm. but really she was such an easy labor. Like the, like I I was there, there was no real pain. I was laughing. The only, honestly, the thing that I remember the most being so angry about is not being able to eat. I was going to, that (laughs) was one of my
1: questions. I was going to ask you, did you eat breakfast that morning?
0: No, I didn't because I, I, I felt I felt, nause- the, the before, I felt nauseous. The contractions were nauseous. I well, I, so I did puke when I got there before they gave me the epidural. Mm-hmm. I started vomiting. And I remember I, my mother in law, she meant so well, but she was trying to like wipe my face. And I'm trying to like puke into a bucket. And I was like, get away from my face. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to puke into a bucket. And she's trying to like wipe my face and the sweat off me and like, stop it, <laughs> Maria, stop. Yeah. And it was, it was funny. I was, I, I apologized to her after I was like, I'm sorry for being curt. I didn't mean to be rude, but it was just that, in the heat of the moment. That was
1: was probably the worst thing that I think I dealt with too, is I didn't eat breakfast. I also went into labor in the morning and I was just so excited to get to the hospital. Cause I literally thought I'm going to walk into the hospital and have a baby like immediately. Mm-hmm. And no, it was a very long process. And they were like, Oh, you can't eat anything. And we just talked about food in our last episode, guys. I love food. Okay. And for me to be told <laughs> that I can't eat food. And my nurse kept telling me, she's like, Oh, you're not even going to notice you won't even be hungry. You're going to be so like in, in pain or you're just not even going to notice that you're hungry. Oh, I noticed that was, that was hard to not eat. I literally got upset.
0: I I know. Uh, So we went in first thing in the morning at like six and again, they didn't start pushing meds again until two. So my mom was there. My mother-in-law was there. My husband was there. Everybody was probably just just eating around you. No. So I started getting angry because like, they were like, okay, I'm hungry for lunch. And I was like, no, 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 no. If I can't eat lunch, you can't eat lunch. And I was saying this to Nick and my mother-in-law was like, Kiana, he has to eat. And I'm like, no, Maria, he's not. If I can't eat, he's not eating. And they literally were like, okay, we have to, we have to go. We have to go pick. They made up an excuse. They had to go do something. They had to go pick up We forgot something. So, my mom and Nick left, and Maria stayed with me. And when they came back, I sniffed him and he smelled like grinders. And I was so mad. I was like, Don't you lie to me. I know you went out and got food. How dare you? Like, I was was so mad. And it was, it was like partial, like they thought it was kind of funny, but like it wasn't funny to me because I was starving and I was like, I can't eat if I can't eat and I'm pushing a baby out of my body, you shouldn't be able to eat. But everyone's like, you're being
1: ridiculous. You mean to let him eat. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. I was, I literally, I smelled it on him and then he was like laughing and everyone was like, thought it was funny, but it wasn't funny. I was mad. I was like legit upset. And Maria's, <clears throat> when I first started going into labor, she, she came immediately and she sat in the room with me the whole time. And she started a hat. She started knitting grace, a hat. And it's actually, by the end of this, at the end, I'll tell you whether or not she finishes. But she—that was kind of like the thing. So she would sit there and she was knitting in this chair next to me, and I was like, "Yeah, keep knitting while everyone else gets to eat, and I have to sit here and
1: be tortured <laughs> with the idea that I can't have food." I, I know they're like, "Oh, you can have some ice chips or like a disgusting popsicle." I don't know why they were so mm-hmm. gross, but they—they they were not good. The ones they—yeah,
0: ice them. chips. I'm like, that's not going to help me at all. I that's took not what I want. Them. I want
1: food. I took them. I took. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs>
0: I took what I can get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So you labored for a little over like 12 hours. It
0: sounds like. And you, yeah, I mean, I I don't even necessarily fully consider the night before. I mean, I I definitely was in labor because when I got there, I was like five centimeters, but that's pretty um, far. Yeah. But again, like, and I don't know if it was just because I was young and my body was just still growing or what, but it wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't bad at all.
1: Mm. It really wasn't. So you'd only pushed for how long did you push? Do you know, you
0: remember? Yep. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Some, so, okay. So by the time that I, by the time that I, it was time to push, um, and I was like fully dilated and effaced and all of that jazz, the lady came in and I started pushing and I did like, I, I did like maybe like 10 minutes of pushing. And I looked at the lady, I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And she was like, uh, First of all, it's only been 10 minutes. Second of all, she's like, women labor for hours. Like, what do you mean? Like the kid, your your baby's head's already crowning. Like you're literally almost there. She's like, people don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. People push for hours. And I was like, hours. <laughs> I was only doing it for 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Like when they said, like oh I remember hearing somewhere that like giving like the act of giving birth is like like running a marathon, like as yes. far as like the amount amount of energy it takes to be able to actually go do get the baby out it's not a lie. Like, it's not a lie. It's a lot. It's like the hardest.
1: I Trust level. me. I, I I labored. I pushed for three hours. And in retrospect, it's looking no back on that, it doesn't sound like that long of time. And I remember right after I had him too, I was like, I pushed for six hours. And Jeff was like, no, you didn't. It was three hours. <laughs> no, you didn't. I was no, like, you didn't. I almost died. And he's like, no, you didn't. But you know, like, <laughs> no, you didn't. like I swear though, like I'm, I'm thinking back on, on that night, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like your body literally comes cl- for some women, obviously some women have it much easier than mm-hmm. others, but it's just like, if this is what death feels like, like I'm I'm meeting my maker. I don't know. It-
0: yeah. I, I don't know if about, it just feels like when you're like exhausting yourself to the point where like, you literally can't even catch your breath yes. because you're just pushing so hard. And like, you're focusing everything you have in this one action of like, getting the baby out. It was like, so, so, uh, I don't even know. And and honestly, by the end of it, Grace was, I, I want to say Grace was out in like less than 20 minutes that's and they were insane. like, yeah. And they Good were like, this you. is like a record. Like, Good this is like a you. record. Like, and here you are complaining that you can't push oh my for longer gosh. than 20 minutes. I was like, I don't know how women do it for longer. I would die. Like <laughs> I would literally die. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's great though. That it was, it was easy for you because on top of everything else, like to just have that go smoothly, that's very nice. And I'm sure too, that's, that's interesting because I wasn't allowed to have any visitors because of the pandemic, but you had like a room full of people and oh my I can't imagine like if there was a room full of people in my hospital room, like, I don't think I would have liked
0: that. You just don't, you don't, you don't, re- honestly, first of all, they're all in your, they're all in your corner. So they're all there to cheer you on um, one and two, like some people do try to be like really helpful. And honestly, sometimes you just need it. And sometimes you just don't like Maria wiping my face. She, uh, she hundred percent meant well. I just was like, get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> I need to not have you in my face right now because I'm trying to focus and mm-hmm. I need to be here in, in, in this. And, um, actually so, so the people that were actually in the room when grace was officially like pushed out and delivered were my mother-in-law, Maria, my husband, Nick, my mom, Stacia. And then literally as grace was crowning, my father walks in the room and yes, I was facing the door <laughs> and the nurse like busts in. He drove all the way up from, I think he was living at Baltimore in Baltimore yeah. at the time. And I don't know if he knew I was like pushing the baby out or he thought the baby was already here, but he was like pounding out, like arguing with the nurse outside the room. And you know, like you get, you push, 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 push. And then you get like three seconds of catch your breath and then push again. And the lady and the nurse comes in some nurse. She's like pretending to be like security or something. She's like, ma'am, we have a a guy outside of the door claiming to be the patient's father. Are we allowed to admit him into the room? And I was like, push, 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 push. As she's yelling in my ear, do you admit him into the room? Do you admit him there? I was like, I don't care. I literally screamed. I don't care. And like, then she's like, okay. And then my dad walks in and like it wasn't inappropriate. Like he looked directly at my face and he like came up behind my head and was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, get out of my, get away. Stop, too many people next to me. Like you can be in the room, but be in the corner of the room and face the corner <laughs> until she's here. Like, I need you not to be looking at me right now. And um, so it was kind of that, that, that scenario was kind of wild. And literally by the time that he walked in the room, she was out within a matter of five minutes. And something that they don't really talk about is, like once you bring the baby into the world, you, like everyone rushes to the baby, or you only had your husband, but like everyone in the room rushed to the baby, and it was just me left on the table. Like when I had, <laughs> I had like four or five people around me. They didn't. Like, well, do her, like, got on you?
1: Did they do skin to skin right away? Or did they, <gasps> they did. It? They did. A minute. Now,
0: okay. So so let's rewind. So. I made a request that Nick was um, to be the one catching Grace. So I want. I was like, if I can bring her into the world, I want you to be the first person to touch her. And he was like, like to catch her. And he was like, Ugh, I don't know how I feel about that. And I was like, too bad. I'm bringing her in. You got to catch her. And he was like, okay, fine. So he gowned up like all the way in like a like a doctor surgeon suit. He had like the blue papers on, mm-hmm. you know, all the way to his elbows. He had the gloves up his elbows. He had a hat on. And they had him on a rolly chair and the doctor like, was like, listen, he's like, he gave him a pep talk. He's like, listen, so I'm going to put you on a rolly chair. If things go South, I'm not even going to say anything to you. I'm going to push you out of the way and I'm going <laughs> to handle it. You just got to be prepared. I need you to be calm. I need you not to freak out. I need you to just be quiet. And I need you to do exactly as I say, exactly when I say it. Oh and Nick was like, uh. yeah, Nick was like, uh. at that point he was already like, he was committed. He definitely, I could see with a look on his face. He did not to be there. I mean he's a 16-year-old
1: boy too at the time. Right. You know? 17. 17 yep, yeah. yeah, We were yeah. 17.
0: And he was terrified. Oh so my God. I had Maria at my left. I had my mother at my right. My dad's somewhere in the corner staring off into space, hoping that he's not looking over in my direction. And Nick is right front and center. And doctor so Nick was sitting on the on the, the stool and and he's his hands are like up and ready to catch. And the doctor literally is like kind of bear hugging him from behind him mm-hmm. with his hands around Nick's hands like ready to go. So
1: <clears throat>
0: as he, as I was pushing again, I, I pushed for 20 minutes. And Did you like, get
1: a uh, episiotomy?
0: Yep. So I was going to sit. So I pushed for 20 minutes and she would have been out sooner if I had, if, if I didn't need an episiotomy, um, because they were like, she's right here. Her head's coming out every time you push. And then you pause, she comes back in a little bit. And they said that for probably about 10 minutes. So halfway through that pushing, she was already ready to come out. And but I was, and I looked at him. I was like, cut me. I was like, cause at first I was like, don't cut me. Don't ever cut me. Don't do that. And he was like, and I, and I looked at the doctor and I was like, I, I can't get her out. It's been 10 minutes of me pushing and you guys all. And I looked at everyone and they kept saying, she's right there. And then every time you let it go, she comes back in a little bit. And I'm like, stop lying to me. <laughs> if she's right there. Then she would be out. Stop telling me you you're
1: not helping. That's the age. And of I looked at the doctor
0: yeah. And I, I looked at the doctor in the eyes and I was like, cut me. And he was like, and, and I, I had to say it twice. Like he was like, you sure? And I was like, cut me. And he around for around Nick, he went in, he took like scissors that he, they, they were blunt and ended, but he went in and I could the look, I couldn't see what the doctor was doing. I saw the scissors, but I saw the look on Nick's face. And he was looking at, like, you know, the area. And then when Dr. Heeman with the scissors, like the scissors, his face like went almost ghost white and he was, his eyes went huge. And he was like, and he cut me and then one more push and she was out. So I did get an episiotomy. I didn't want one. I'm really glad that I did because I did tear a little bit even further than what he had cut me. Um, but the way that my doctor explained it is that like, it's much easier to suture up a cut, a straight clean line cut than it is to suture up a rip. When you tear something, it's not a clean cut. So when you have to sew it back together, it's not as easy or as pretty because it's jagged and the edges aren't, don't match up evenly. Whereas if you're cut, it's a good clean line. It's, it gets, it gets sewn together easily and it heals just like if you already have any other procedure done, it heals a lot better. Yeah. I mean, that's, Um,
1: that's like something that's definitely debated, I think in the birthing world, because I know a lot of people that I know and follow on like Instagram refute that. My doctor actually doesn't agree with your doctor. She thinks that, like, if you're going to tear or rip, like, that's more natural. And women's bodies have been doing that for, you know, hundreds of years. And if you're going to rip, like, it's no big deal to sew you back up. But I don't know. I mean, I did not have an episiotomy and I had a second degree tear, and my healing process seemed to take forever and hurt like heck. So, We'll mm-hmm. see what happens with baby number two, but I may request an episiotomy because I feel like you had an easier time healing than I did. So it definitely was pain. It definitely was, I would say, so I had episiotomy
0: with both kids and I had an episiotomy and I tore with grace and the spot that hurt was the bottom part of where the tear Ugh. was, the healing of the stitches. Cause they're dissolvable. So mm-hmm. the inside dissolves for the insides, what dissolves. So it was like, poking and it was like, it was basically like stabbing me like tiny little needles down at the bottom where it had ripped. And I was like, N-. So then with Jack, I got the episiotomy apes- with him. I did not tear at all. And it, he, like there were, I don't even remember any uncomfortableness, like, yes, you're cut and it hurts and you're scared to wipe it. But literally within like three or four days, I was fine um, wow. with grace. It definitely took me a lot longer. And I had to go back in to have the stitches removed because it just, where I tore, <clears throat> it wasn't good, but yeah, that's my opinion. That's my doctor's opinion. And that's what we chose. And I'm grateful to have, um, you know, to have had his expertise and his, you know, advice because I, I treasured it and I agree with my doctor. And I think I did. I mean, we so, made the best fact. choice. body.
1: Kiana's doctor was also my doctor when I was a kid and he delivered me. I think he delivered you, right? So yeah. So he's delivered so my mom, like, had my brothers,
0: me your yeah, siblings. So, so, right. So Dr. Cooper actually was my mom's my mother had a, um, it's, it wasn't a miscarriage. She had a stillbirth and she went into labor early <clears throat> and the doctor that had, it was because of the doctor, the doctor had checked her and he had caused an infection, which caused her body to give birth early. And when she came into the ER, she met Dr. Cooper and Dr. Cooper was like, you know, this was negligence. This is hundred percent like the doctor's fault. Like, you know, and, and, you know, he was very soothing and consoling to my mom. So um, she knew that after she had had the loss of that child, she wanted another one, which was me. Um, so when she got pregnant with me, she seeked out Dr. Cooper and he was so phenomenal. Um, love him. He's at, um, day Kimball. And when, um, so he, he gave, yes, he, he brought me into the world and he has been my primary care physician for my whole life since he caught me out of my mom up until even now he is my kid's primary care physician. So he brought me into the world. He brought my brother and sister in the world. He brought I think your mom met him through my mom because my mom has always like been like Dr. Cooper is the doctor to have. Um, and so after he had me, I think your mom, when you, she got pregnant, she used him for you for, cause he was doing um, pregnancies. And then she, so she had, so our, both of our moms, all six of us came through Dr. Cooper. And yep when I got pregnant with grace, he was still my primary care physician. He was the one that I went and saw. And I was like, how cool is it for you to be able to have delivered me? And now you're delivering my children. Um, and he's done that a couple, he's had a couple of patients that have stayed with him. Sometimes people move away and they don't do it, but he is still my primary care physician. Dr. Cooper is, you know, our family doctor and I will be devastated when he finally retires one day. And, but I, uh, yes, he, he did.
1: I know he's got to be getting pretty old. I was actually thinking about that because I feel like what dr Co- cooper does is pretty rare mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure he's just he's an md like a regular medical doctor he's a, he's a he's a primary care physician
0: so he does Okay. but but on top of that he also does prenatal care so you so before when i had grace well prenatal and obgyn correct. and he would do cesareans and he does c sections however at this wow. point in time he is no longer delivering babies um jack okay jack was like like 2 months later after jack was born 2 months later he he ended that because of tax, not taxes, but insurance purposes. And basically the hospital kind of pushed him out and was kind of like, well, you need to be a hospitalist and you need to be on call. And, you know, they kind of were like, you got to do this or else. And he was like, you know, it just wasn't worth it for me anymore to have to be up and he's getting older. And he was like, you know, to be on call and to know that like, basically the hospital said for insurance purposes, they wouldn't be able to cover any of his pregnancies if he couldn't make it back in the office to get there for his patients. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was like, I was obviously that they didn't leave me with a choice. I had to basically just say goodbye to it. So that was really, you know, a bittersweet moment, but I was very grateful that he got to be the, the doctor for both of my both kids. My, correct. Correct. Yeah. I was very yeah. grateful for that. So where did you give birth? What hospital? So we gave birth in the same place that my mother gave birth to me, um, day Campbell hospital in Putnam. And I remember with grace, I didn't really know anything. So, um, it was just, The hospital that dr cooper served at i know that with jack i was trying to find a different hospital a more modern hospital but i have to say like even after that day kimball actually has really nice at the time that both of my kids grace when grace was born they had just re-upped the um suites for birthing. So like the birthing wing was just like all brand new and like clean. And I have to say it's, it's, it's a good feel. And I never once had to share a room with anyone, which was really nice. Um, and they do, you know, they have like 10 or 11 rooms or something, but it it was really, really nice to be able to have your own room and all of that. And it was clean and local, which was really nice.
1: I do have to say after have been being there for both grace and Jack's birth at day Kimball and then I remember going to visit too when like, um, our cousin Preston was born. Mm-hmm. I remember to visit him and a day Kimmel. I feel like it gets a bad rep mm-hmm. in our like local area, but because it is a smaller hospital, but honestly, after now, well, I, I guess I only have personal experience with one hospital in Hartford, Connecticut, but it's a much older hospital. It's huge. Just, I don't know. I I'm actually in the process now of possibly switching OBGYNs just so that way I might be able to give birth at a different hospital mm-hmm. maybe that's crazy I don't know I love my OBGYN she's great but I'd like to give birth at a exactly what you're saying like a more modern facility that has been updated within the last five years 10 years I just felt like everything at the hospital that I gave birth that was just really old and well I think and and, and don't don't get don't get me wrong
0: if Dr. Cooper was at a janky hospital, or you know, a dirty room, or whatever, I still would have gone to wherever he was. Because to me, the most important part was I knew who was bringing my child into this world. And that was something that other people didn't have at the time. Like, great, I was one of the first ones in my age group to have a baby, but. Um, a lot of people were going to the OBGYN at day Campbell and they had hospitalists where, you know, you would meet like four or five doctors throughout your pregnancy. And whoever was on call when you gave birth is who was delivering your baby. That wasn't the yeah. case with Dr. Cooper. Dr. Cooper was the one who saw me through my whole pregnancy. And he was the one who brought the children into the world. And it was guaranteed that it was going to be him. If he was in the, you know, if he was here, he would, he was the one that was bringing And That's one yeah, that thing is, that was really that important is a, to me.
1: That's definitely a unique experience. Cause I know with, where I live and the practice that I see, that's exactly how it is. They have three primary OBGYNs mm-hmm. and you see all three of them throughout your pregnancy. And they say, okay, depending on like, who's on call, like you said, that's, who's going to bring your kid into this world. However, when I gave birth, none of the three were <laughs> on call and it was just some other random doctor. So that's not how the story ends. Cause I was in labor for seven days. Not really, but um, yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely interesting how unique i guess of a, a pers- like an experience that you had with both both kids because i feel like that experience is pretty different than how most people mm-hmm. have babies we'll have to see maybe we'll ask the listeners how that happened with them? Did they have like the same doctor all throughout their pregnancy? And is that who delivered their baby or was it somebody who was on call?
0: Well, and now, like I had said, now I know that with doc, like with, like with Dr. Hoover, not delivering babies anymore, you have to see the OBGYNs if you're going to decimbal and that's it, it, they do it. So that way the doctors have a better schedule because you don't want a doctor Mm -hmm. who's been up for 12 hours, having to come in and then help you with your delivery for another 14 hours. You know what I mean? Like then they're, they not having, exactly. to, you have an unrested doctor that's not safe either, but I have to say, I was really, really grateful that Dr. Cooper was, you know, that, that he was still doing that. And he was the one that was able to see me through the whole pregnancy and really complete it for me because I would have, I, I, I would have been a mess. I, um, We'll do another episode on fertility and all that, but I did have a miscarriage. And during the miscarriage, when I first found out that I was pregnant, I did go to the OBGYN clinic instead of Dr. Cooper thinking that I would get more ultrasounds and more, or, you know, more care, more frequent care, because because Dr. Cooper is more of a wait and see doctor. And that was the worst experience of my life. There was just because you have more appointments does not mean you have more information. If anything, it gives you more anxiety and more stress. And um, they they had said that to me when I first went in there, you know, that you're going to meet all the doctors and, you know, it'll be one of us that delivers your baby, but we can't guarantee who it is. And we won't know until you deliver. And depending on the hour Mm -hmm. that you deliver will be a different doctor. You know what I mean? So I am so, so grateful that Dr. Cooper was the one that delivered, you know, my kids because. he, he was, he's, he's like a family member to us. And I know that maybe that's unprofessional, but he is, he's seen me grow up. He's known me from, you know, straight out the womb to being mother to doing motherhood and all of the in-betweens.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He's a, he's a good doctor. I don't have anything negative to say about Dr. Cooper. Mm. So was there anything in the hospital or about the hospital that you didn't like?
0: Um, Again, like you had said, so in our area, the the day Kimball does kind of have a janky rep, but, um, when I really went, like I, I was trying really hard to find another place that I could go to, Day um, Kimball has a janky rep, but their birthing unit has really good, has a really good, um, as long as you're getting the doctor that you're, that you're hoping for, it, it's a really well-oiled machine. There is a couple of hospitalists mm-hmm. that I would prefer not to see, and maybe even request not to see, but, I do think, what are you
1: calling them a hospitalist. That's what
0: Dr. Cooper had called them to me. Yeah. Hospitalists is what he was calling them.
1: I've never heard of that. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, the OBGYNs that are on call or what have you, you know, what's interesting though. I never wanted to do the doula route. Um, I, I, Emily had done the doula route and it's something that like had interested me, but uh, I don't know. I, in my opinion, like, and I know that, like you had said, women have been doing this for thousands of years, but to me, it just wasn't worth the slight risk of like not having a physic like a medical doctor there and ready to go. Like I just wanted to know, like I wanted my Dr. Cooper <laughs> to be the one to deliver me. So it wasn't even a question. But I wonder, would did you ever
1: consider mm-hmm. like a doula? Um no. I so it's weird because I feel like I'm a pretty open person with most things. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get on Instagram and I'll talk to strangers about personal subject matters, but I, Mm -hmm. I was pretty sure when I found out that I was pregnant, that I wanted only Jeff to be there. Um, and like, Mm -hmm. even you, I was kind of hesitant. I was like, well, do I want Kiana in the room? I don't know. I kind of want it to be an experience that like just Jeff and I get to experience. But honestly, like, I didn't even really get to think about that all that much because then boom, the pandemic happened. And it was like, well, You don't really Mm -hmm. have a choice. You are only going to have one person in the room, which was your husband. So there was no talk of a doula or what's the other word? Midwife. Midwife Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Um, Now that I've had a baby and Jeff and I had that experience and yeah, it was wonderful and great. I guess I am less afraid of what that situation would look like. And for my second baby, whoever wants to be there, like you're welcome to come I did have an extremely long labor the first time. So if you wanna come and sit with me for 12 hours, the be careful. You would be
0: surprised how many people come up to you. So I was that way. Like I was open for everything because I'm like, I'm an open book. Like if and we talked about this a little bit and before we started Tyler was Like, are you sure you want to touch on the fact that you were like a you know teen mom? And I was like, yeah, like literally any stranger could come off the street and ask me a question. I will give them an honest to God's answer. Cause that's just who I am. I'm just not someone who will stand on the rooftop and yell it to the general masses. But um, <laughs> I, so I had said that too. And one, they do put a cap on that. If you're not birthing at home and you're not in your own element, like they do put, like, if you're in the hospital, there is like, just for safety it's reasons, probably
1: like four or five people, not even that many. Will...
0: It's like two or three at this. And, and now okay. with Dr. Cooper, after I had Jack, um, like the hospital's was policy, say,
1: there was, like, quite a few people with Jack. Well,
0: the, so the, and, and that broke hospital policy. And the only reason we okay. were able to have that many people is because Dr. Cooper was the one that was insured. And he was the one that was delivering the baby. And he told them, like he got to set the precedent for that. Just like there are certain rules, Ah. like, you know, if you're not, if you're past a certain amount of centimeters, you can't get a, you know, a what is it called? An epidural. You can't get an epidural. And I freaked out about that. And he was like, no, 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 no. Just because that's the hospital rules doesn't mean it's my rules. And you know, I am the doctor. I will decide what's best. And if you, if this is something that we decide that's best for you, then we're going to do that. I make the final call.
1: Interesting. But yeah, a lot of hospitals.
0: And so, but me saying, be careful because there are a lot of people like and I do have to say, I did get to witness a birth. I was really young. I got to witness um, mm-hmm. my cousin, Emily, she, I think it was Kara's birth. And I was so young that it was kind of like one of those things where it it's almost like a dream. Like, I can't really remember all the specifics of it because I was so engrossed in like everything. And I was staring And Emily's like, get your face out of there. And I was like, but she's coming out. And she's like, get out of there. Like, stop. I'm like, why did you have me here? If you don't want me to see that. Like, that's the point of being here, isn't it? And I remember when I gave birth for Jack, Tyla and Brandy were there and they were like up by my head. And I was like, are you here to watch my face push a baby out? Or are you here to watch the baby come into the world? Like get down there and look, if you want to look, just go look. And they were like, what? That's and weird. Were literally
1: like, you guys are going to miss it. Go check it out. And I'm like, okay. And then I went down and I looked and I'm like, oh gosh, there's something wrong with his head. <laughs> oh gosh. And, and, and Dr. Heber was like, no, there's nothing wrong with his head. It's just squished because <laughs> the skin, it was it's all wrinkly. Yeah. yeah. It was a, interesting yeah to see so that. be
0: careful in saying that you'll allow anyone in the room because a lot of people have come out of the woodwork and been like I'd love to watch a birth and a lot not of people every- say that
1: not everyone but I would say if if there were like two or three people I so it's interesting because um Jeff has said like he's not he's like the next time we have a baby like I'm not staying at the hospital and I was like excuse <laughs> you yes you are like you can't leave me there by myself mm-hmm. but now that we have Jeffrey I actually like, Mm -hmm. I can kind of understand that. Right. Because now we're leaving our baby at home, our other baby at home. And he's, I don't know, with a family friend or relative or something, but I almost feel like, okay, I guess I could get behind that. Like Jeff leaving Mm -hmm. after the baby is born and going to take care of our son and make sure that the house is ready. And then if you, or I don't even know, probably just you, that's the only person I think would really want to be there grace i feel like yeah. i think
0: again the hospital policies like it all depends right now we're in a pandemic so things are a little bit weirder too but i remember like with emily um it was flu season and i had to be a certain i was a certain age but Anne marie was like a certain age too and she wanted to bring her in but she even yeah. though she was a sibling because it was yeah. flu season she couldn't bring her in because she was below a certain age um so it was yeah it was wild i think my mom had the birth too
1: yeah So that's, that's interesting. So that makes me think too, then after you have the baby and then you switch rooms to like the recovering room and then you get bombarded with visitors. Did that bother you at all? Or
0: they don't always let you. So like, if it is flu season or whatever, like, like they won't let that happen either, but um, no, it, it, it didn't. um, I do have to say like coming to see a baby while you're in the hospital is not like, and I didn't see, I couldn't see you in the hospital because it was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I've ever really gone to the hospital to see anyone in the hospital room. Um, but it, it's probably not nearly as exciting. Like going in, like, it's probably way easier and, and more comfortable on everyone involved yes. meeting the baby in their own element and in their, in their home than having to go to a hospital and walk through a hospital in a sterile I environment. Just, it's just I can't not, even
1: imagine like having, so say if we had Jeffrey not in a pandemic. I cannot imagine how fun it would have been for people to come to our room. It was extremely small. Like I said, it was dark and just not a comfortable atmosphere at all whatsoever. So to have like multiple, and I feel like with both Grace and Jack, you had a lot of visitors Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine that many visitors in the rooms at St. Francis where I gave birth. It just, I don't think it would work out that well. I don't know. It just wasn't a comfy place. And like the hospital was so large to navigate it. Yeah. Some people just,
0: um, like th- they feel the need to come and and it's fine. Again, like I said, I'm an open book. I'm not shy. I don't care who watches what, when. Um, so that's kind of like one of those things where to me, it wasn't a big deal if people wanted, like, I think even your dad came and came to see grace and Jack. I don't know if he saw Jack. Yeah. I, know, I know he saw grace, but everyone came to see grace. Everyone grace. like high school friends and aunts and uncles and distant relatives and, because she was the first one in the family in a long time to be born. So it was a very exciting day, you know, exciting process for her. And it was, you know, Labor Day weekend. So everyone else was out the fair while I was stuck in a hotel, like, you know, stuck in the hospital room.
1: I just, I just, I don't, I don't even, I think about how awful, miserable I was like and out, just sleep deprived and hungry because the hospital food was nasty like I just don't know if I would be we'll see hopefully the next baby I give birth to is out of the pandemic but I'm just surprised that like you were up for visitors like I think back to like after you gave birth and I feel like you were in pretty good mood just seemed pretty normal but now after having gone through that experience myself I would be like everybody needs to just leave me alone it just it was like (laughs) and I'm I'm becoming
0: less of a people person the older I get, but at like, I'm just a people person and I liked having people around and that didn't bother me. I do have to say though, like, so I gave birth to grace. It was like eight 30 at night. And I my thank God my dad was in the room. Cause I was like, I looked at him and I was like, as soon as I am allowed to have food, I need food. And my dad's like on it. Like, and he like left the room and like literally grace was born. And like maybe 15 or 20 minutes later, it was a pizza party in my room. I think you came in, um, Brandy came in. I think your dad came in at that point. My mom was there. Maria was there. Nick was there. Like everybody came in there. And it knows that my dad got like three pizzas and like, he brought in what time was she born? Um, I want to say like eight 30, like eight 23 or something. Like it wasn't late at night. It was like, by the time that they gave me the Pitocin and I started pushing, it was like a matter of 20 minutes. And it was like, I want to say she was born like around 8, 8 30 at night. And I, do you remember that? Do you remember my dad, like bringing in pizza and like everyone eating, like, I um, really wanted a grinder. I remember that. I can't remember. You were creeping out the window. You want to talk about that?
1: <laughs> I do remember. Yeah. So this, I think we talked about this in like the first, very first episode, but I'll give you some more details. So like Kiana said, they do put a cap on like who can come in the room. And I don't think they would let me or Brandy be nope. in the room, which is annoying that like your dad just barged his way in. He was like, I demand <laughs> that's very deal. Anyways. Yes. Anyways, because of the way that day Kimball is set up, the labor and delivery rooms are on the first floor of the hospital. So they have like blinds in the windows, but Kiana's blinds were open, which is crazy that she was literally like spread eagle. Not facing birth.
0: the window. You had a side view.
1: No, no, I had the side. And view. it was a hurricane Still, outside. A blind-
0: so what crazy person it was standing yes, outside? It, and was, the-
1: it was like torrentially downpouring um, during Hurricane Earl. And as I said, in the very first episode, my cousin Brandy and I, Brandy is Kiana's sister. We were just out there waiting in the waiting area, like singing, it's Hurricane Earl and we're having a baby girl. It's Hurricane <laughs> Earl and we're having a baby girl. Very Tyler fashion, doing weird things. So I ended up going outside and I i don't know if I like peered into multiple rooms. I don't know if Kiana was the only one giving birth that night. So the light was on. No, needless to say, I don't know how many windows I peered into. Great. To, great. But I don't remember I don't remember that part but thinking back on it like how did I know which room was yours anyways I found her room and I'm like I had to kind of like look in between the blinds because the blinds were open but you know if you look you can't get a great view if like you're far back so I was like crouched down like looking through the blinds and I was like go Kia I couldn't I couldn't hear anything or anything like that but yeah I I watched it from outside I wonder what Brandy was doing she was in the waiting room like a normal person
0: (laughs) Instead of like a creeper staring in the window outside the window. Yeah. Yeah. So do you you remember the pizza party now saying, uh, no,
1: I don't remember that. I don't remember. Yeah.
0: My dad brought in a bunch of pizza and then everyone came in and it was like a big deal. And at that point it was weird. I felt cold. I felt very cold, like after I'd given birth. I know
1: I was like a a photographer the whole time. I took so Mm -hmm. many pictures. You
0: did. I I think I I think I set you on that. I was like, get pictures, like take pictures. So there's pictures of everyone holding her and everyone by the warming, the koala bed or whatever it's called, the panda bed. I remember being so, so cold. I remember and then something that I don't always tell like first time moms either is like after you give birth to the baby, you now have then you have to deliver the placenta, which is like not glorious, Mm -hmm. but it's A part that, like, I had at 16 17, I had no remember. idea. I don't even remember. It was like, that. it was the worst. Like, the doctor had to, like, the nurse had to, like, massage my stomach. And by massage, they mean punch you in the stomach to get your uterus to contract. And you have to deliver this other thing. And at that point, like, everyone was over by grace. So I'm still like pushing and heaving, trying to get things out of my body. And it's just me and Dr. Cooper. And he was, I'm kind of a nerd, like, and a little bit sciency, and. He, like, once I delivered the placenta, he like, literally like held it up, like put his hands inside of it. And he was like, see, like, this is what kept your baby together. Like, and this is where she ate from. And I was like, he was like giving me like an anatomy lesson on the placenta. And I was, I thought it was so cool. I was like, wow, that's like, that's like, wow, that's so cool to like see it. And really be, but I remember being so cold. I remember like they had to bring in blanket after blanket, after blanket, I had the blankets were heavy too. Like the thick hospital blankets to keep me warm. And then Mm -hmm.
1: Were you able to walk like soon afterward after you gave birth or did you have to wait a little while for that girl to wear off? I think by like 11 o'clock or midnight, the
0: nurses come in, they take your baby for a few hours. And I, at that point, I was kind of still really wired, even though I was tired because I didn't sleep the, the night before. The nurse is like, we have to do tests. Mm-hmm. We have to do the APGAR. They have, they have a bunch of things they have to run on the baby that... At the time they were taking the babies out of the room. I don't think they do that anymore. They didn't do it with Jack. They didn't do it with Jack. Now they come into the room and they run all of those tests. But at the time they come in and they take, and and I was like, I don't want you to take my baby. And she's like, listen, it's going to be 20 minutes. Like if you want us to keep her for longer than 20 minutes so you can sleep, we will. I'm like, dude, I couldn't sleep if you took my baby. Like I'm not even able to be okay without her for 20 minutes. Um, and I remember by that point, it was like 11 or, or midnight. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll take this time to like clean up and shower. And they took her and within 20 minutes, she was back. And I didn't, I didn't sleep for probably two whole days. I just stared at her. She was, she was in the yeah. crib next to me. And I just kept staring at her, watching her like breathe and make little sounds. And Nick was passed out. He was like exhausted. He was like, time for bed. And, you know, she would start whining and I, be- and I just get up and, and I, and I did like, they put her in the thing next to me and I was like, no, 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 I want her. So i like, I got her and I picked her up and I just held her in my hands and I didn't let her go for a long time.
1: Yeah. Do you remember what it was like to pee? Um, terrifying,
0: terrifying. Um, and like, t- yeah. to, like to wipe, I didn't, I just use that rinse. I rinse that thing. No, I wipe. just use that like rinser you thing. You don't, you don't wipe because it's absolutely scary. <laughs> the- Yep, the bottle yep with the lukewarm the water, water that was my best friend yeah. that and then the yeah. spray the oh, de- yeah. spray or whatever it's called derma yep and witch hazel which yeah. you don't leave tucked it's not a tuck pad it's oh, not no. a tuck pad yeah, okay. but the you witch hazel you, you get you set me up I didn't set failure. you up for
1: failure it says right on it do not leave may irritate skin <laughs> so we'll talk about that in my episode but they give you yeah the doctors give you tux pads which Just like it sounds, you can tuck that up into your area. Kiana gave me a little pre-birth basket, which was very nice. It had snacks and all sorts of things to take care of me after I had the baby. And I ran out of tux pads. So I had these witch hazel wipes, which were for wiping, not for leaving. And I left (laughs) it and it was a disaster. disaster. That was really bad. That was really bad. Yeah. 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 So when you gave birth, did you like try to latch her or so you nursed your babies, right? They weren't correct. Yeah.
0: And um, like you said, like what they first put her on your chest um, and she like, they, they don't. I don't know about you, but I was not like producing milk immediately. Like, and, and they told me that like, it takes time. Like, so when you give birth, you release hormones and then your hormones mm-hmm. then tell your body that it's time to start lactating. Um, so as you mm-hmm. near the end of your pregnancy, yes, the leakage can happen, but you don't really want to like get too much of that stuff out or like try and pump before the baby, because you're going to be wasting colostrum and your body only makes the colostrum for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, So with grace, I I didn't, I didn't play around with that. And, you know, there was a little bit of leakage, you know, before, but as soon as they put her on in their stomachs are tiny, their stomachs are like the size of like the tip of your pinky, especially when they think about like not ever eating real food and then having to put stuff in. So they just need a little bit at a time. And eventually your milks went by the time that your milk supply comes in, their stomachs are starting, like it's a supply and demand. So as they need more, your body makes more.
1: Yeah. I was so afraid with that. And I remember, so yeah, so I remember I was really afraid that I wasn't going to be able to breastfeed. And I remember he got a little cranky, like after they did like the APGAR test and stuff like that. So I said, Jeff, go get him a banky. So Jeff put a banky in his mouth and the lactation consultant was like, are you planning on breastfeeding? And I said, yeah. And she's like, don't give him a banky. So that kind of terrified me from the banky. And then he never took a banky. So I don't know if we screwed ourselves. From taking that advice and not giving him the biggie, but I mean, I I, think
0: every kid is different, and uh, you know, every parent is different, and you kind of develop this like codependency on each other, and what's expected of you is expected of them, and it's a direct relation of like how you behave, and how they behave, and how you behave to their behaviors, and it all just kind of correlates together. And it's a learning curve, and there is no one size fits all for everyone. And I, I think, you know, the lactation consultant probably was giving you the, you know, the general advice, but for me, I was never worried about like nipple confusion or anything like that. I just kind of, it just kind of came like, like inherently, like, I just kind of figured, like, I just, my body did what it needed to do. And there wasn't much question about it. And yeah, at the time that I had grace, they had binkies. They had those little soothies, I think is what they're called. They're like the advent ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah, The advent soothies. And she loved those ones and those were our favorite. And then right after that, they had come out with the wubba nubs and those were great. Like they attached, they still have them and they were my favorite.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's good. So you didn't have any issues with breastfeeding and never had to use any formula. Nope. Nope. It just kind of happened the way it was supposed to. And I think another big part of it's like, it's
0: not a mind over matter, but you just have to relax and you can't be too pent up or too anxious about it because then like it all again it all correlates like if you're anxious and worried your baby's gonna feel that I don't care what you say like they're gonna know it and you just have to like kind of fake it till you make it really like and so I have have to say like yourself
1: I definitely don't think my experience was as easy as yours or maybe I just I have such high expectations for myself and for everything that I do in life that nursing wasn't something that i just immediately like got or it clicked it felt so hard like i remember it was so painful and my nipples were raw and they were so sensitive and i didn't feel like he was getting any milk and i was just i was having a lot of pain down there after delivering and i remember um going to his i think like the appointment after you bring them home from the hospital when they're like 2 days old and I had no idea what I was doing. I, I had a feeling like they were just going to tell me like, you need to give him formula. He's not getting any milk, but we went to his appointment and the doctor was like, great job. Like you're doing great. He's already gained back the weight that he lost. Like you're, he's got a really good, strong latch. And that's what the lactation consultant said in the hospital too, that he had a really good latch. And I was like, are you sure this doesn't feel right? Cause everybody said that nursing shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be painful. Oh no, 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 no. And but- you, I just heard you
0: say all of those things and in my head. I was like, don't get me wrong, I bled I bled and my nipples were absolutely tattered they hurt and it was but it, it just and I don't know if it was just the hormones or 11 years ago is a long time for me to have to remember but it's like anything else in life you develop cal- like your your nipples will become less sensitive and they will develop and like now like when your baby nurses mm-hmm. like it doesn't hurt it, oh, it, no. it does though if you were to attach something sucking to you several times a day for 20 minutes at a time, it doesn't matter where you put it it's gonna hurt 20 wherever. minutes.
1: I don't, is that how long grace would No, There's no way she must've nursed longer than that when she was itty bitty. I don't even remember. Again, it's been
0: Jack's going to be Jack's five and a half at this point. I can't exactly <laughs> remember, but I, but I do remember that. Yes. I do remember. I, I bled like my nipples cracked. I needed to put like lotion on them, but oh yeah, I, I don't ever remember it being like, so defeating that. Like I was like, no, I can't do this. Don't get me wrong. It was extremely painful, but I mean, I want to say it was like maybe two or three days, just like a pair of chapped lips. Like it happens and you just got to push through it. I, 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 the one thing I remember being worried about was her drinking blood because my nipples were literally bleeding. And I was like, is it okay that she's like drinking and nursing and drinking my blood like is she a vampire like what's going on like no it's like it's only a little bit and like as long as she's fine with it like it's not gonna kill her it's you know she shared your blood for a long time so
1: I asked the doctor like the same thing because my nipples were like getting scabby but then he'd like suck on it and like the scab would like fall off I'm like I think he's like Eating my nipple scab. Ew, ew, that's and- so gross. Why do you got to say that? <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It's like, that's so disgusting. Oh, gross, Tyler. <laughs> it's So gross. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't it's that was like that. <laughs> I think you must have. If you were bleeding, it had to healed. No, it was like, like, like cracked like lips. lips. It was like cracked lips. Like
0: nothing was like. Yes, like- and no. When With you the- smile like new when you smile and then the, the like the crevices like crack that's what it was like for my nipples it was not like scat like a knee scab like that's
1: gross i mean it's not like a knee scab but yeah it's like a little it gets like flaky it's disgusting no. but whatever yeah. yeah welcome to having a baby it's a motherhood uh, pretty
0: so Should we make this
1: one explicit we're talking about so many things no. That are gross. no 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 what about grace's first poop were you what was that like like changing a diaper
0: um it was very scary like their first bm like is terrifying because it does not look like a bm it looks like tar <laughs> yes it's really gross and you're like is this normal and they're like yep that's the first one it's supposed to look like that maybe even the second one but it'll be mm-hmm. fine and normal and it and it was like by the second or third one it was normal and what's something that's really really nice too is that when you're in your hospital room they get, like they give you all of these things like they give you diapers they give you wipes they give you like binkies. They give you um, a formula if you want it and take all of that. Like your insurance pays for everything in your room. Like clear the drawers out when you're leaving. Mm-hmm. That's the, when I was in, when I was leaving, um, the nurse was like any and everything that you want, like the receiving blankets, like take what you want, like, because your insurance is paid for it all, whatever you need, like take it, like take the, all the diapers, take all the wipes, take all the creams. Um, so that was that was good advice to be able to, you know, to just, I, cause I didn't know that and she was like, clear it out, take
1: it all for sure. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely good advice. Even like the little ointments and creams and stuff like that for, for you take all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think,
0: bag. yep, definitely. And I think with grace, I want to say I stayed, I was in the hospital from Friday until Sunday or something like, because of the time that I went in, like it was a kind of a glitch. So I was able to stay for the full three days. Um, but with Jack, I was there for less than 24 hours because we had grace. And I had said, like, I am not staying here any longer than needed. You Mm -hmm. let me know as soon as I can. And I, it was bare, like, it might've even been like 22 hours. Like it was like just whatever the insurance needed. So I needed to stay there for an exact amount of hours. And actually Tyler and Brandy had stayed with grace. And, um, after I gave birth, when they left the birth of Jack, they went and stayed with her and, um, mean, with, yeah, they stayed with her and I was there for less than like just barely over a day with grace. I was there for three days. I was like, give, it was like, you know, teach me everything, you know, and it's scary. Like when you go to leave and you bring in the car seat and you clip them in, you're like, okay, there's no book. Like what happens if it's, she starts like nesting up. They're like, you'll be fine. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Like, figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, but what happens if I don't figure it out? And they're like, you will.
1: It's okay. I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's
1: terrifying. Did they, so did you have to bring their car seat into the hospital?
0: yes I had to bring bring it in they wouldn't let
1: me leave with her out her in it that's so interesting yeah the hospital that I gave birth at, they don't they didn't do that and I was like
0: check that I knew how to like buckle it in
1: I was a nervous wreck I was a nervous wreck when we got down and Jeff was too and like I remember Jeffrey was screaming and we couldn't figure it out and I'm like crying because I'm in pain like trying to like these car seats are heavy Jeffrey's screaming Jeff's like can't figure it out. It's like 95 degrees. We're in like a parking garage and this nurse comes over and she's like, do you guys need help? We're like, yes, please. <laughs> I thought somebody was supposed to teach you us can, how to do You this. can request it. And, but
0: actually it's not the hospital that does it. It's the fire department or police station.
1: I don't, I think with like the pandemic though, because we had all of these things mm-hmm. scheduled and everything was canceled because of yeah. COVID. So. And I just, and
0: like I had younger cousins, yeah, I had younger cousins and people around me who had had babies. So I had already put car seats in and out of my car before. So I just knew how to do all of that. It wasn't like grace was the first, you know, baby that I was around. So I was pretty familiar with a lot of those things, especially with Emily and Anne-Marie and the Hebert children being 10 years behind me.
1: Do you remember, like, did you have a favorite meal while
0: you were at the hospital or takeout or anything like that? Um, not while I was at the hospital, but I have to say like, in the, you know, the weeks and the weeks after birth, like after I brought Grace home, I would eat a sleeve, a whole container full of Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies in the blue (gasps) container. And Nick would have to bring home, he would go to work and he would have to bring me home a container every single day because I would eat, that's all like, I'd eat like other things, but very little else. Like that's all I ate. That's all I wanted. That's all I ate. And the day that I gave birth to Grace, I weighed 117 pounds and Grace was seven pounds, 2.3 ounces or something like that. So it was, it was wild because like, I was still little, I was still skinny and I obviously chips a are not nourishing at all, but I was like, that, that's just what I needed. And up like up to while well, I was pregnant with her, Buffalo, Buffalo st- sauce was like my favorite. And I hated hot sauce before hmm. couldn't even eat anything spicy. And then once I got pregnant, she was my, she was the spice of my life, man, that little kid, that little girl. Oh yeah. Oh, and by the way, in the beginning, I said, um. Maria was knitting a hat by the end of it. She had a a completed hat and it is in Grace's um, baby. She has a shadow box and it Grace wore it for as long as it fit her head. And even a few months after, and it didn't even fit anymore because I loved it. It was a soft baby pink and white um, striped hat that Maria had knit her all during labor. And it was really, it was really nice. Like it was like one of those things that it just, you know, it was a nice touch to the whole experience to have that, to take, to have something tangible, to take away from those moments that you know we spent in that
1: room <laughs>
0: bringing grace into the world
1: yeah that's so nice N- maria actually knitted my son jeffrey a hat too and a blanket
0: mm-hmm. oh, i'm she very did, grateful yeah. thank you maria maria is very crafty that one so i think we are nat- are nearing our natural end um next week's episode episode 11 we'll talk about jt and all of his experience of bringing him into the world for mom and dad And it'll be, I guess, a segment two of a three-parter. Well, shouldn't we talk about
1: Jack next? Cause he's oldest.
0: Yeah. But if I talk this week, you can talk next week and I'll talk the next week. It's fine. Okay, fine. We'll take turns. It'll be good. So why don't we share our moments of grace? All right. Well, my moment of grace is, um, yesterday I actually picked up the guitar for the first time in a long time. And, um, I learned to play, um, what is it, is is it Bob Marley's not redemption song and the beginning part, it's like a, you know, a fun finger thing. And you just, and I, I picked it up and I couldn't remember how to do it. So I sat there for about an hour and I tried to like relearn it. And it came to me as soon as it was like riding a bike and, it came to me as soon as I had done that. And I was kind of excited. And I was like, you know, like, I think I'm going to start trying to set aside some time here and there. And I'm going to leave the guitar downstairs where it's easy in reach. And while I'm waiting for dinner to cook or doing other things, I'm going to put on a YouTube video and I teach myself how to play a song. So we'll have to keep track on on my progress of my guitar skills, but I'd like to learn how to play a song. That's my first, my first goal. And, That's what I've been doing. So that's my moment of grace. I'm finally trying to achieve one of my, not lifelong goals, but yeah,
1: my goals of learning how to play an instrument. So my moment of grace was that I let Jeffrey eat something that I would consider is unhealthy. And you mean like the ice cream you fed him a couple weeks ago? (laughs) No, like, so I typically try to like feed him well-rounded, nutritious meals. I try to always give him protein, carb, fat, like just the way that I eat, I try to feed him very similarly. Mm -hmm. And the other day I just was like, I don't feel like cooking anything. I don't feel like doing anything. So I had bought fish sticks a few weeks ago for myself, like frozen fish sticks Mm -hmm. that I had not craved since I was actually pregnant with him. But I was like, you know what? I want to get some. So I got some and I baked those and he loved them. And he had some ketchup with it too. And I bet you there's people, yeah, I bet there's people listening to this being like, are you kidding me? Fish sticks. Like, wow. Like you think that's unhealthy. And I don't, I'm not being judgmental or anything like feed your kids, whatever you need to feed them. But it's just, I don't typically buy things like that. So I felt, I did, I felt like a little guilty. And then I was like, that's so silly. Like, it's fine. He's, it's a fish stick. It's not a big deal. So yeah. So my kid likes fish sticks. I like fish sticks. (laughs) I guess we'll put chicken nuggets on the menu for next week
0: that's a good one that's a good one that's jack's favorite It has to be dino nuggets though there's a difference
1: yeah In case you didn't know oh, i know dino nuggets
0: are the best they are <laughs> all right well we're wrapping up episode 10 next week we'll have episode 11 and we'll talk about jt's birth story and
1: we'll get it to you on monday so we'll talk soon guys all right thanks for listening guys bye bye guys